real quick, if you had to drop one stat of your in real life stats to pump something else up, what would you drop and what would you lift? Three, two, one, go. Oh, I would absolutely drop my strength. I don't use it for anything. What do I, like? I, I step up off the couch. Like I don't. I climb stairs very occasionally. That's what elevators are for. I do not need strength, but man, could I be just a little bit more charismatic? I just want more people to do shit for me because then I don't need strength even more. Out of right? fear or persuasion, yeah. uh, however, yeah, it comes I don't care like, to do what I need you to do. I just wish I could manipulate people better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't you don't you accurately quote me, <laughs> Kyle? What would you do? Um, I you know what? Honestly, I think I would go. I would drop my intelligence because dumb people seem to have a better time in life. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. But what would you boost? What would I boost? Oh, dexterity, maybe. Yeah. Not charisma, probably. Charisma is the the one to boost, right? Yeah. I mean, so, some of us need to boost wisdom. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to be dumb, I, you might as well be charming. Yeah. I think I think I would drop my charisma slightly to boost my. I am quite intelligent. The internet laughs, but I mean, I'm intelligent enough that I get through life and I tend to excel at what I do. Like you are no, not a dummy. I'm like, not a dummy, yeah. but I would boost my wisdom. I want more understand. I'm not very perceptive to what's going on around me. Like fucking rob me blind. I'm not gonna know for three days. Like so, I probably, yeah. I probably <laughs> drop my charisma. I think the world would welcome a less mouthy Terry in exchange for a more aware Terry. If Terry's more aware, I don't. I don't need to control people because that's just kind of productive for me. <laughs> I changed my answer. It's a mimic. The roundtable Dungeons and Dragons discussion. You never know what you're going to get. Hello, and welcome to another episode in our conversation on the big bad evil guys of Dungeons and Dragons that we like to call portfolios. I'm your DM for the day, Kyle, and with me today are Aqua Velva Adam and Tasty Terry. Oh, please don't. <laughs> wow. It has been a while uh, since we've like done it. nicknames. Oh, and, better nicknames. Oh, no, it's fantastic. These are like uh, middle school nicknames. Yeah, come on, you're such a snack, Terry. You know, a couple of people at my work started to refer to me as the sheriff. And I quite enjoyed it. That's because I basically forced them to. Because <laughs> I kept referring to myself as the sheriff. <laughs> I thought it was because of your obvious badge that you have. So you're the narc at work, is what you're saying. So what are you referring to? I can't go home without knowing what you're referring to. <laughs> I like that you checked your shirt like you, oh my God, is my perception that low? Am I wearing that's, a badge? That's, that's exactly it, because I may well have been. We're never going to get through this intro. No. And this episode is called Troll Patrol 2, Trolldle Recall. That was better than my original. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I was well thinking done. about dire consequences as well, but this uh, one just yeah. seemed more fun. Yeah. So, uh, last time we talked about trolls, we covered the basic troll, the venom troll, and the rot troll, and some multi-armed variants from a couple of the books. But we've also covered other kinds of monsters in the past, beholders, illithids, and the other elder elementals, and high-powered constructs, celestials, fiends, and hags, and some of the biggest, nastiest monstrosities from both the Forgotten Realms and the Magic the Gathering campaign setting. For all of these and more, including a buttload of humanoid mob monsters, you can jump over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and dozens of other podcast apps. Or you can check out the YouTube page and the playlist on monsters that we've built there. In this episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, we are going to return to the ugly and disgusting off-brand giants with four more kinds of trolls. Hang on to your britches, because things are about to get a little dire while we drop some ice-cold knowledge to get your spirits moving. 
And I hope you brought a towel, because it's about to get wet. As we explore the dire trouble... <laughs> Can't do it. The spirit troll, the ice troll, and the aquatic troll from Rise of Tiamat. But before we get started, Adam, Terry, how are you guys? <laughs> that was the question? <laughs> yeah, I'm great. No, there's another question after that. I'm just asking you how you're doing, because I'm, I'm trying to be I'm polite. I'm good, man, but okay, we've been here for 20 minutes, so you already know that. <laughs> We know yeah. how we are. I need to manipulate people, and Terry's not very observant. Yeah. I'm not very observant. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know how long we've been well, here. I figured you were trying to build some rapport he, with the listeners, but no. Okay. He, still thinks you, he still thinks you're James. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is, <laughs> I can't tell the difference between you and James. You guys look identical. <laughs> so the actual question, if you're curious, Terry, uh, sure. is if you could invent a new kind of troll to torment your D&D characters with, right. what theme would you go with? Oh, let's roll initiative. I like rolling initiative. Yeah. Can we change the dice in here? It's always red, white, and black because of the mailbag episode. Well, we should change it. I got 11. I got a 4. 10. Oh, probably like a... I don't know what kind of troll. Like a... Oh, like a friendly troll, actually. I would... A friendly troll because that would be uh, infuriating for players because... You don't want it to be nice. Like, you don't want it to be around you all the time. Maybe that's just me. But when things are nice, it's difficult to dispose of them. Mm-hmm. That sounded very... You know what I'm saying? So it's harder for you to murder... Nice Wantonly. Things. Nice people. It's yeah. harder, but not impossible. I have DM'd Terry. Yeah. Right. You will find a way. Yeah. And my favorite type of murder tends to be up close and personal, like choking or something. Yeah. And that's difficult to do if they're not good. Adam... Oh, no, I went last. Kyle, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, I've always been a big fan of the bridge trolls, you know, from fairy tales, where they hide underneath, mm. and then unsuspecting travelers come along, and then they jump out. And eat and your then, goats and eat, shit. Yeah, or they ask you riddles, and if they don't, if you don't, can't answer them, they'll eat you. Yeah. So, I really like the idea of having one of these in the Wild. Like, you're walking through the forest, and then you come across a bridge that's Why hasn't it been done? You know? Uh, well, now it has. So you should make it your Kyle. mission to put a troll at every bridge. Even if it's a massive... Like, the Golden Gate Bridge still needs a troll. Yeah. Like, just trolls on every bridge. <laughs> like, they're like hermit crabs. If there's no troll at this bridge, they're going to take it. Yeah. Okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, God, I hate the new bridge. You hear it's a troll bridge? <laughs> <laughs> Time to pay the troll. They'll love it. Uh, oh, no, for me, you want to know? I'm all about the plant-based troll. I'm thinking about, you know... They're all kind of inspired, all the variants that we get are inspired kind of by other kinds of creatures or or damage types or something. I want a plant-based troll, something that is halfway between a shambling mound and a troll. I that... thought you meant like a vegan troll. Yeah, I thought so too. Oh, when you said no. plant-based troll, I was thinking, I don't like this direction, but I'll play yeah. it up for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was tuning out. <laughs> Is that what that look is that you get about 50% of the time? Yeah, that's the look. <laughs> so, yeah. This sounds plant-based to me. I'm switching off. <laughs> Beyond Troll is what it's called. Right. No, it's it's going to be like uh, like plant-based as far as the flavor of it goes. I was thinking originally I wanted it to be ooze-based. Well, I mean, if it's vegetarian, it'll probably taste like plants. Well, I don't think it is vegetarian. I mm. think that it is uh, super uh, gross and creepy and fungal. It's not so much vegetation plant. It, it, it's fungal. It's rot. It's spores. Kind of like the the rot troll is already, but more squishy. Right. Okay. So okay. Swamp thing. Yeah, that's kind of the the area that I'm leaning. Trolls feel like they should be wet, and there's nothing in the lore about it. I mean, 
except for the Acuatic Troll. But like the, <laughs> I'm gonna fuck you up by the end of the episode. Hate it so much. <laughs> yeah, but. I really do feel like they should be just dripping slime all of all of the time. Right. And Anu's is a little too on the nose for it. So I want a I want a mushroom troll. All right. Sure. Yeah. Or a moss like a lichen troll, an algae troll. A lichen troll. You mean something like it bites you and then you're a troll? No, no, no. Uh, L i c h e n like lichen. Oh, that's on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not not lycanthrope. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Interesting. Do you think, um... Do you think vegetarians taste better than meat eater people? This is not related to what you... This is what I was thinking about. (laughs) This is going to be important to trolls, right? Yeah. Well, Um, they'll know. I mean, grass-fed beef is such a big thing, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, it depends how you're preparing your meat, right? Like, if it's all just Big Macs, then you probably don't taste good. Mm. You certainly don't smell good. Anyway. Only one way to find out. Only exactly that. (laughs) So, I feel like most people are pretty familiar with trolls. The hulking, filthy monsters with long arms that end in razor-tipped talons, festooned in boils, their patchy hair hanging in greasy lengths that shadow their small, beady eyes and gnashing, drooling fangs. Creatures whose only concern is their next meal of dripping, fresh flesh. And the terrifying glee they find in the feel of still warm bones crunching beneath their teeth so they can suck out the sweet, juicy marrow hiding in its center. Every word just described Dave more and more. Yeah. And more. <laughs> also, this is too, like, it's too good. Like, don't do it that well because then the rest of us have to go up to that standard. Okay, well, so I mean, I'm just explaining what trolls are. But do it, do it more shit. Yeah. <laughs> Stop Stop using fistooned. <laughs> don't say yet. Yeah, don't say that. <laughs> How dare you have a vocalabor. <laughs> vocalabory. These horrid creatures with their there we sense of smell. Fears <laughs> even their own putrid flesh to find and devour those unlucky enough to come across them. Trolls are not complicated creatures and have almost no society allying themselves with just about any evil creature or probably any creature that will reward them with food and treasure in return for their services. But at heart, they are selfish and flighty creatures, doing as they wish more often than not. And while not religious, trolls don't exactly have the mental... I mean, trolls don't exactly have the mental fortitude to ponder the deeper questions that life has to offer. I was going to use esoteric, but I mean, you don't want me using nice words, so... Please sentence more badly. Yeah. Some have been known to worship a being called Vaprak the Destroyer, a lesser deity of whom not much is known other than it is said to resemble a troll with gnarled and hideous features and green skin. Vaprak is said to have a fearsome temper, descending into furious bouts of rampant destruction and greatly fears the plots of other deities. Honestly, it sounds suspiciously like a hag. Yeah, a little bit. Well, trolls and hags, they tend to go hand in hand, right? Uh, it is said that Vaprak eats the souls of trolls near death, spitting out those not cooked by fire or acid to regenerate somewhere else on the plane and live again, but consume those who have died by it. Uh, if that were not to f- enough to frighten, they also come with the ability to regenerate. At the start of each of their turns, they regain 10 HP unless they take fire or acid damage in the round before it. Occasionally, these monsters will also undergo bizarre transformations, becoming troll freaks, which is probably not something you should Google. I don't know what'll come up, 
But I'm gonna I find out. Like to keep it that way. I'm gonna troll find out. freaks, right? Like, there's got to be some Rule Thirty Four thing going on mm -hmm. there that I don't want to know. So these are random mutations that can sometimes happen when the troll regenerates and it gains an extra appendage or two, or when it eats uh, something with a magical essence and gains a trait from the poor creature. Though they can survive near obliteration, some trolls can even manifest some of what attempted to destroy them, taking on that power for its own. What details would you add to a layer for your average troll? Well, I'm re-rolling now. 17. Oh, nat 20. Motherfucker. Answer Man. your own question, Kyle. The fans love uh, that. I will. Bones. Man, so many bones. I thought you were calling me bones. I was going to yeah. say, no, that, that'll As, work. That's yeah, a good that'll nickname. work? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's, uh, anyways, I would add bones. I mean, like, I would go into a huge description of, like, you're walking through and you are kicking bones out of the way. And I, because I just, I imagine trolls is full of hunger all the time. And that's their only real motivation is to eat. Mm -hmm. And so they keep it all close to them. And I would also probably describe a very pungent smell. You said that you imagine them being wet all the time. Yeah. I imagine like you can smell them way before you can see them. Right. Yeah, for me, there's two things that I would add, actually. The first is, uh, we know that they're kind of loosely religious. There is sort of a god that they have a loose understanding of. And so I would have that as, as cave markings. Of, and however they can express that through the blood of creatures that they've killed or something. But some sort of like cave markings on the walls. Uh, I think there also needs to be some kind of nesting area as well. I think they would still be protective over their young. And these types of creatures, typically that's overlooked. You think of it for like dragons, right? There's always yeah. like the, the wormlings or the eggs or something. Uh, but it's often overlooked for the other creatures. Uh, and so, yeah, a nesting area and religious markings. Okay, interesting. What do you think a troll nest would look like? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it would just be in amongst a bunch, a bunch of bones, or at least, not necessarily bones, but perhaps, like, certainly dead creatures, like dead furry animals, yeah. which would keep the, the trolls warm. Okay. Adam? I picture, like, a four-poster bed. <laughs> right, no. Um, <laughs> honestly... Trolls, they have dark vision, which means they're going to want it to be dark, mm -hmm. right? So we're talking probably cave, yeah, right? Like, I don't picture them just making a, a forest nest in the middle of, like, a deadfall or something. It's probably cave or swamp, right? Mm -hmm. Like a burrow that, in the muck or something like that. I have geckos. I love my geckos. And geckos and lizards are uh, a lot cleaner than a lot of mammals, because they have a dedicated corner they poop in. Really? Yeah. And if I clean out the tank and move all the stuff around, they will pick a different corner. They've got... I cannot figure out the pattern, but they very much have their designated poop spot. Hmm. I assume trolls do not. I assume trolls shit like birds or rats. It's just, well, here it is. There it goes. And it never gets cleaned out. No, and it never gets clean. And it probably gets hard, you know, like guano style. Like, Do you think it turns white like dog shit? Okay. Uh, you know what? Maybe. But I just picture like you're walking through a cave and the ground just starts to get like really difficult terrain because there's all these lumps that you're walking on uh, please but let, it's hard please right? let the human ranger who can't see do that like the aragon like touches the ground and like sniffs it and like licks it or something this is troll guano <laughs> right so like I, I i really do picture that like like piles of of 
scat just everywhere. Scat. Okay. <laughs> right? Like, it's it's got to be nasty and gnarly and gross. Yeah. <laughs> right? There's a reason these guys are covered in warts and boils and pustules and all this other shit, right? right? So, and it's, it's, it's a hygiene thing. They don't care. Yeah. And we get that with their long, creepy fingernails and their warts and their big, yellow fucking teeth. These guys don't floss. Right. However, I think it's worth. They don't wipe either. Let's be honest. Oh, I know. They, if anything, they just find a tree and just you know kind of rub. And that's it. like only if it itches. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 right. When you're halfway uh, through a work day, you get a butt tickle. <laughs> Kyle. Now, okay. Now, when you were talking about maybe it like poops like birds, I'm thinking of like owl feces, where there's still like bits I of often hair think and of bone. Owl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like still in it. Yeah, like little little goblin skulls yeah. in and among yeah. the, the feces. Yeah, like that. That's what owl shit looks like. You showed me a picture of owl shit right yeah. now? Is that really what it looks yeah, like? Yeah, apparently, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's weird that I know what owl shit looks yeah, like already. Right? Adam's like, I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yes, I've been around barns. Owls are one of my favorite birds. They are really cool. It's not important, but... Yeah. Um, okay, so how would you, as a dungeon master, communicate to your players that a troll is particularly religious when it comes to Vaprak the Destroyer? So you've already answered yours. With your cave drawings. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think... It, well, you're, you're first. Do you want to go first? And yeah, I'll okay. Uh, so, I can't really imagine them wearing any sort of religious iconography. So, probably through dialogue a lot of the time. Like, talking about how they don't fear death. For Vaprak, we'll see them reborn. For Vaprak! Uh, and then into battle. Or like right? Stephen of Braveheart. No, yes, Vaprak. Like, I'll ask him. Uh, no, no, more like... <laughs> uh, like, I do not fear you. Vaprak protects me. And yeah, then, yeah. like... Right, like I like I live through death or something like that, um, or you know, if we're talking in a layer sense, like the surrounding trees will sport some sort of like twig people, like you know from the Blair Witch Project. Oh yeah, where they just had like creepy little things. Fun, hidden. fun fucking sidebar. Those woods that they filmed the Blair Witch Project in are right by like Mieka's house. Oh, oh yeah, so I went there and I went through the woods, no. and there's legitimately like weird dilapidated shacks all over the place. However, it's right next to a highway, so it's it's oh that would be really creepy if there weren't 400 people to my left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> However, I went and I grabbed a whole bunch of the sticks, came home and made those creatures, those little stick figures, and I gave them to, to Justin and Caitlin got one and Charlie got one. And, like I handed them out. Oh, it was freaking Christmas presents. Yeah. 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 All so, right. Okay. Fun, okay. creepy, and I hate fun. to spoil the fun, but bringing plant life back into Canada is illegal, so we're gonna it, have to round those up. Well, it's not plant life anymore. That's a good point. <laughs> it's plant death. Jerry, yeah, let let me build onto my cave drawings, but perhaps like body art of some kind. Now it's gonna be crude. Oh, right. It's not gonna be like uh, it's not gonna be particularly well done, but it's perhaps hand things and whatever on their arms yeah. and stuff. Uh, maybe even I don't think anything is intricate. Is like the the stick figures, but perhaps certainly sacrifices being known on poles or whatever outside of the cave, uh, but sort of crude visual bloody things. All right. Well, just to just to counteract that, I'm going to play devil's advocate for just a moment here. Their intelligence is seven, the average troll, right? right? Which is a minus two, but yes. that is still sentient. That's still significantly smarter than a hill troll or a hill giant, right? So these guys. Are about as smart as a dumb eighth grader. Okay, yeah. So I guess they understand finger paintings. And yeah, like, uh, yeah. Uh, but they're gross. They don't give a shit. They're chaotic as all hell. They're evil. They're um, 
They're anarchists. Typically. Typic- I'm sorry, typically chaotic evil. But they, they, they're not well um, learned. They right. have not gone to school. So I think that they probably would stack rocks to be totems. They would... Ne- they That war paint that you're talking about wouldn't necessarily just be the orc handprint from Lord of the Rings, right? right? It, it could be legitimate war paint. They've got three or four different colors that they... Would put on they can themselves. still recognize patterns and stuff, right? So, yeah, yeah, they're going to. They can engage in conversation, assuming you speak giant. You'll probably be able to fool them, and they're probably smart enough to know that they're fooled and be mad about it. Right. So, like a pissed off, stupid eighth grader, right? That's kind of like the dumbest eighth grader, but that's that's kind of where I'm coming from on the bully. Yeah. When you were like, I'll trade 13. you these two tens for a five. Yeah, exactly right like oh, okay yeah. what wait what come here right like and it's it's that kind of of stupidity they're not they're going to understand that cooked meat tastes better but fire is bad so eat raw meat right but it doesn't taste good my tummy hurts i'm shitting all of the time and <laughs> everywhere but there's no answer there's just no answer yeah. i can't figure it out so there is no answer yeah right, right? so fair one okay all right, last question. What does the giant language sound like? Kyle, what does it sound like? I imagine it to be deep and slow. Well, there we go. An insightful answer from the It's a Mimic podcast. Yeah. About the no, no, I agree with you. Um, but my reasoning is because typically trolls are like smaller giant kin, but giants are typically larger, right? And so uh, the when, when it's coming out of larger lungs and a larger body, it's not going to be at the same pace as like a humanoid you know it's going to come out it is going to come out longer and slower uh, and so i think the language the language will naturally reflect that which would be hilarious for people of our size trying to imitate that and we would have to put on like a baritone voice uh, mm. and stuff to do it but it would just be so fucking funny to listen to the wizard that knows eight languages and one of them is giant to just be- <laughs> oh and, and it's a kobold oh. it is a kobold yeah. doing it, it, it and it's going to be like dory right i'll find yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I assume that it doesn't say it anywhere, but I assume there's different dialects to no, giant. Brilliant. Because there are so many different kinds of giants. I can't imagine. Okay, you're right. What you said, though, in my head is absolutely what a hill giant sounds like. But I think that stone giants probably have more gravelly voices, pardon the yeah. pun. Mm-hmm. But, but I bet it is just a little bit rougher. Um, I think that. And they fire their ass sounds. Yeah, fire giants would would have deeper um, would have deep voices, but it would be um, a little bit more rapid, almost like the flickering of flames, right? Yeah. right. And you could uh, cloud giants would roll like tree beard because of thunder, right? Or maybe storm giants are like that, mm-hmm. but they would all be slightly different. Um, I don't think that Ettens, ogres, and trolls all all sound the same, although they probably speak. You know that there's been, in, in languages throughout history, there's been, like, the proper official version of a language and then, like, the commoner peasant version? Mm-hmm. I feel like these giant kin, ogres, ettins, and trolls, they speak the low-class right. giant, right? Okay. So it's it's a little bit more, oh, <laughs> right? Like, it's, it's, it's that kind of... Lazy. Yeah. Lazy, right? right? Yeah. But also, trolls have long noses, too. In my head, they are, they've always got a long nose. They're a little bit more nasally. Not always, sure. but like 
compared to an ogre or a, or an Etten. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So that, oh, that's that is a, a it really does, it does well make thought sense. out answer. It does I, make sense. I, I think about language all of the time. Yeah. So we are going to get into some trolls here. Yes. Should we roll initiative? Yeah. I didn't find anything really fun. It's troll free. So I'm a little disappointed. Ten. No. I got a fifteen. Oh, six. Alrighty, so I'm going to go first. Um, last episode that we covered trolls, we covered venom, which was all about poisonous stuff, and rot, which is all about necrotic, and now I have the spirit troll, which is all about psychic, really. So, if blasted with psychic energy, a troll can regenerate and become a spirit troll. Now, it does not say when you get down to zero hit points. It says... If you took psychic energy and then regenerate, you could become a spirit troll. Which means this could happen in the middle of combat. Oh. That's really oh. scary because the regular troll is a CR5 and a spirit troll is a CR fucking 11. So this is um, amazingly powerful. And it's really shitty, especially for, a bit for barbarians. You're going to find out why in a sec. First of all, it becomes insubstantial. That's the word they use in Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes. Um, the insubstantial is a shadow, which just means it's incorporeal and it moves kind of like a specter or a ghost does. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the troll isn't aware of the fact that it is transformed and it will just continue to use bite and claw attacks as normal. But then it doesn't say what happens the rest of the time when it is aware of it because it only ever gets bite and claw attacks. Right. So mm -hmm. um, I would just assume that the troll is... Dumb enough to not realize until after combat, maybe. Or when it tries to eat someone and does not have a stomach to fill. There's also no rules for reverting back. Or what happens to its body, if this is a transformation or not. Um, the art for it looks like... Do you guys ever see Gremlins 2? Dude, I don't yeah, know. Maybe? No, okay. <laughs> I think so. Actually, the, I think all, I did see the second one. Well, the second one is so good. But the... They have, like, genetic manipulations of the gremlins and shit. One of them becomes an electrified gremlin that's all just, like, cartoon lightning bolts flying around the screen and shit. Right. That's what the art looks like in the book of just this, like, blue electric troll-looking thing. And it's really underwhelming. These guys should be kind of straddling the ethereal plane. They're kind of ghost-like, kind of dream-like. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would definitely play them creepier than the art makes them out to be. Mm. And a little bit sad as well because they're no longer in their corporeal body. Almost like um, Doctor Strange when he... I don't know what the move is called. He hits you in the chest and you fly out the back of your body. Sure. Astral projection? Uh, astral projection is when you do it on purpose, I think. When you project... Well, I think it is... Uh, astral projection you can do on purpose. Okay, I don't, we don't know whether you can. Like, is typically... It's assumed that it's deliberate... But I think you are still astrally projecting if somebody else projects you out of your own body. Right, but I'm wondering what happens to the troll's body. Does the body just disappear and discombobulate and become, like, incorporeal? Because there's no rules about that. It's not like you mm. leave a body behind. You're not a, technically a spirit, even though it's called a spirit troll. You just become psychic energy, which is not at all what ghosts are. So right. it's not really clear what's going on, just... By the way, you are psychic flavor troll now. Don't think too hard about it. Keep moving forward. Yeah, it's like the intern yeah. wrote this one. Yeah. <laughs> like, Fuck, that's, you fucked up like five editions of lore here. Um, uh, yeah, well, I, I really like the flavor of this, and I would do this when they kill a troll. Sure. And if they kill the troll and they use psychic damage to get it done, because a lot of things are using psychic damage now, 
I would have a jump back with. If it took psychic damage at all during combat, it's going to jump back as a spiritual, fuck them up, and run away. Because it's not really sure what's going on. Yeah. It might freak out. Yeah. Right? And yeah. trolls are not known for being hyper-intelligent. Yeah. So what I think is interesting is maybe... The regular troll is still there, and then there's also this psychic troll, right? Like, you hit it so hard with psychic damage that it blew off some of its skin or an arm and vaporized it, and then that became the spirit troll. And then there's still the other troll there that pops back up. Right. Maybe with, like, maybe it has three levels of exhaustion. It's moving at half its speed because it's confused, and it has disadvantage on fucking everything. Yeah. And it just... it's no longer fighting an initiative. It's just kind of confused. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because you knocked its soul out of it. Right? So. Well, I mean, do they really have souls? Because we're Ever- also talking about you can knock off the head, and then the head still can talk to the body, essentially. Yeah. Right? Uh, everything in D&D has a soul, even plants. That's part of the shtick to it. And we learned that uh, in 5th edition with Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus, where they were converting people into soul coins to power their infernal machines and then like destroying the souls on the way. Right. Mm-hmm. So, okay. um, and they will do that to anything that has kind of a will or a whim. Um, so a corpse flower or an assassin vine does the jury still out on daffodils. Right. So if it is animate, if it has a want and need and desire, then in theory it has a soul, but what what are we doing with animated armor and shit then? It's, yeah. yeah. What, what about constructs? A golem versus a warforge. We're starting to split hairs mm-hmm. now. And, but I would say yes, trolls definitely have a soul. Um, and it probably lives in whatever the biggest part of their body is. It still remains at the end if you're going to hack it to pieces and have it survive. Yeah, all right. But um, these guys, these spirit trolls are large giants in a chaotic evil, which tracks, I think, almost every troll is. Uh, they have an AC of 17, which is too higher than a regular troll, which didn't seem... I, I was like, why why such a CR difference? Like, how did it over-double? Is this something to do with the incorporeal aspect? Yeah, I, I, I'll get to it. It gets a little fucky. <laughs> right. But the AC is only too higher. The hit points um, is only an average of 13 higher than a regular troll, which is nothing for a jump that, that's big. Um, their speed is the same at 30 feet. Their strength is a 1, which is a negative 5 modifier. Really? Yeah. Okay. That tracks with shit like shadows and specters and stuff. Yeah. Right? right? And that's kind of the incorporeal bit. Their dex goes way up to a 17, which is a plus 3. Their con drops down to still a plus 1 modifier. But regular trolls have a 20, so it's a plus 5. So it drops significantly. Intelligence goes up a little bit, which is odd. Wisdom stays the same. And charisma shoots through the roof. What? Yeah. And I'm like, is it because you're not dripping anymore? In my head, they're always wet, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. I think it's because it needed to have... Charisma is, is force of will. It's personality. It's being able to socialize and being aware of social situations and whatnot. I think when you are a being of psychic energy, you're going to have an edge on that. That's the mentality behind it. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not all about it, but I guess that's the design reason. Yeah, I kind of get it, but it's, yeah. It's, uh, charisma is a difficult thing for newer players to grasp anyway. Even experienced players, when you start fucking with it like this. You know, we yeah. think we've got a handle on what it is. And yeah. I do kind of imagine it, too, as like a strength of self. 
It is. Right. It very, that's why I say it's like the willpower. Yeah. Whereas will, the will save in 3.5 was directly connected to wisdom. That's not what it is anymore. Maybe right? it's because they lose all sense of like, any sense of like insecurity or vulnerability or something like that. But they're not even aware that they've changed half the time. Right. So it's an odd, it's it's an odd shift, right? Yeah. So um, their perception, they get a bonus. It's plus three, but a regular troll is plus two. So it's only a minor bump. So at this point, I'm like, okay, so you get a lot of charisma and some decks. Why are you so special? Right. Let me tell you why. Okay. Because... <laughs> he was prepped for this. Yeah. Damage resistance to acid, cold, fire, lightning, and thunder. Yeah. Well, right. remember, acid and fire are the things that your guys are going to come swinging with when they fight trolls. Yeah. And these guys are resistant to it. They're also immune to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks. Straight Perfect. up immune. Oh, Oh, all right. And they also are immune to exhaustion, being grappled, being paralyzed, being petrified, being knocked prone, being restrained, or being unconscious. So what? So how do we kill it? So <laughs> how do we kill it? Well, we have radiant, necrotic, psychic, and force, mm. and magical weapons. Right, so okay. your plus one sword is... That, so when they when the players spend... And Adam, you know this from a, a couple of weeks ago. When the players spend two hours coming up with their plan beforehand, and you're sat there as the DM knowing that this is no way going to work, it doesn't matter how they connect the dots. This is this situation when they're trying to pump psychic damage into everything. Yep, 100%. Yeah. 100%. So um, they got dark vision up to 60 feet, which is standard, because fuck everything in this game does except for humans and dragonborn. So, they have dark vision. Yeah, I said that. They also have passive perception of 13, which is one higher than a regular troll. So, still, statistically, not not really breaking any barriers here. The problem is you're not going to knock it down, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to live forever. And it it speaks giant like other trolls. Here's the thing it has. Um, incorporeal movement. This is the thing that ghosts and shadows and stuff have. It lets the spirit troll pass through objects and creatures as if they're difficult terrain. But it takes 1d10, or 5 on average, force damage if it ends its turn inside of an object. What's really interesting about this wording is it can move through objects and creatures if it stops inside of only objects it takes that damage. Which means it could, in theory, take up the same space as a creature at the end of its turn. Okay. Okay. Just a little bit odd. One of the things that I do is anytime that a creature... That is incorporeal moves through the space at all. I always have it do one d10 damage to both parties, which is why I don't know if you'll remember this, Terry, because it's been a while since you fought a ghost with me. But I was thinking of exactly what you're going to say. Oh yeah, attack the stats. Well, uh, no, 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 no. I I like to have ghosts um, walk back and forth through a person. I have thirty feet of movement. I'm going to walk into your space three times on this turn, which is three d10 damage, and I haven't attacked yet. Yeah. Oh. I mean, 3d10 to the ghost as well, but I think some ghosts are suicidal. Probably one of my favorite battles that you DM'd is actually that ghost battle. That uh, that was just... Oh, yeah. It was so, the most stress ever. All uh, of the stress. Well, there's... <laughs> sidebar, when you're fighting some undead, they do stat damage, but all of the players have like a 13 in strength, which is what gets like sucked out, right? Mm-hmm. So... I decided that I was going to roll D6s and have more ghosts on the field. 
And the D6 correlates to which stat drops as it passes through you. So everything is dropping consistently all of the time. And everybody was just running around freaking out. It was... Yeah, it was um, it was really good. It was amazing. It was one of my more memorable battles, but it was so fucking stressful. Like and like ghosts, they're low CR compared to a CR or a level twelve party. Yeah, but you throw seven of them onto the table and have them just pass through, doing ability score damage repeatedly. Fucking, I the look on Dan's face was that's that's not rules as written. That's not rules as written. (laughs) (laughs) And he's memorized all of them. Yes. Ghosts are deadly, and they have some crazy different abilities. Like I remember one game I was playing, uh, a player got possessed by a ghost, and they aged forty years. And mm-hmm. like if you're playing in Aracoca, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. Like, just yeah, kobolds just like turn turn to little mummified fucking lizards on the ground. Like mm-hmm. it's it can be really really deadly depending. And also dwarves are just like I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I've hit puberty now. Let's, <laughs> my beard is thicker and more luscious. <laughs> Um, back to spirit trolls. They also regenerate 10 hit points at the beginning of the turn, but fire and acid don't do anything anymore. It's force and psychic damage that need to be used against them. Mm. That's what stops them from regenerating. Yeah, that makes more sense. They still get a multi-attack, which is one bite and two claws, but it's a little bit nastier. A bite is plus seven hit. Of course, five foot reach, one creature, that's standard for bite. 3d10 plus three psychic. And it forces a DC 15 wisdom save against uh, being stunned for a minute. So if I hit you and you fail that save, you are stunned for a minute. Now you can repeat that saving throw at the end of every one of your turns. Wisdom save? Wisdom save. Stunned, yeah. This is the most monk shit that I have seen on a monster stat block. Monk trolls. Monk trolls, yes. (laughs) Which is like, are these guys made of key? That energy? Is that what this is? Because I'm into it then. I, I don't know why their charisma went through the roof, but anyway. The claws are still plus seven to hit. Uh, five foot reach, one creature, and two d10 plus three psychic damage. So you're taking a lot of psychic, and this is why I say mm. fuck you barbarians. Barbarian slayers, yeah. these things are. Yeah. yeah. So um, there is a subclass of barbarian now, which is going to shrug this off. However... Every other barber, your your bear totem is not going to have a good time. Now, there is some kerfucky shit with uh, Mordenkainen's... Uh, Mordenkainen presents the monsters of the multiverse. Mm-hmm. I am not a big fan of a lot of the things that got reprinted. They changed things almost for the sake of changing it a lot of the time. And the spirit troll got changed as well. It didn't totally piss me off, though, because I think it kind of aligns a little bit better. Let let me explain. First of all, the alignment shifts from chaotic evil to typically chaotic evil, which is fine. I don't care. Thanks for covering your asses from fictional lawyers, I guess, wizards. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, Hit points, though, goes from 15d10 plus 15 to 20d10 plus 20. Well, that's a lot. So you go from 97 on average to 130. Which means you're going to stick around a fuck of a lot longer. Mm-hmm. But they removed the resistance to lightning and thunder. So you're they're now just resistant to acid, cold, and fire. Remember, acid and fire are what people are bringing anyway. So, sure. I guess lightning and thunder because they're energy. But, I mean, fire yeah. is too. So, right. what I mean, are we doing here? Sound. I can't imagine sound hurting a ghost, really. Yeah. That seems... 
strange. That does seem. I well. The sound the blast, wave, right? It's the yeah. Blast. But the claw attacks um, got a um, bit of a boost. That was the only other change. Instead of it being two d10 plus three psychic, now it's three d10 plus three psychic. So they're going to last longer in a fight. Now they're vulnerable to lightning and damage, or they're not vulnerable, but they're not resistant to it, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're going to do more damage, which makes them a little bit deadlier. I'm okay with deadlier as long as there's more options for players. Here's my thing: even with the multi attack of of the three hits, and one of them being as brutal as it is, you're still up against a party of what four, five, six players. Yeah, yeah. The action economy is against you. Yeah. Mm. So. If you only have, what was it, 97 hit points, at level 11, your guys are going to fuck you up. You're going to get one or two rounds. Mm-hmm. This lets them hit, see a third round, and do more damage, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes it more of a impactful battle. I don't think a spiritual is ever your set-piece encounter at the end of a long dungeon, and now it's a spiritual. You could, but I don't see that. Like, this really feels like it's mid-dungeon kind of enemy. This is something I'm going to set up because I know there's that one player that keeps blasting that psychic damage or something. I'm like, okay, well, here's two or three trolls. I know you're going to do this. Hopefully you learn not to do it twice in, a, in an encounter. Yeah. So you'll have two regular trolls or whatever variant of troll plus a spirit troll. Yeah, right. And so, like, I, I, like, I like that this is going to be able to stay in combat and be relevant for longer. But it's not doing anything real crazy besides maybe a stun. Yeah. And who are you attacking with this stun? Like, Barbarian, right? This is a Barbarian yeah. killer. That mm. You're going after the low wisdom save, and right. a lot of things have a wisdom save. You're not taking out a cleric or a monk or a... Even the wizard has a wisdom save, mm. right? So, mm-hmm. like, you're... Uh, barbarian, fighter, rogue? How do you do it without the metagame aspect, though? Is the with the spiritual... I was, I was just about to ask, actually, would the spiritual know to attack the barbarian? But in all likelihood, if it's just been turned into a spiritual and it's kind of freaking out, it's probably just going to attack whatever's closest to it. It's most likely going to be the martial classes. Well, I was reading about them, and their tactics are they're going to go for the ones that they're scared of, right? So if, let's say, it's a regular troll and someone's tossing around fire and acid, they're going to target that one. Right. So if someone's throwing out, uh, what was it, force and force radiant? Force and psychic. Force and psychic, but remember, it might not know it's a spirit troll. Yeah. So it got hit by psychic damage, got confused, regenerated, came back more than twice as tough. Is but it's going to know it's hurt. Right, but it just bounced back twice as tough. Yeah. So it got hurt, like, ow, but then it also hulked out, right? And it's going to totally fuck up the next thing that comes by. And now it's not scared of fire. It's probably still scared of fire and acid. I would yeah. play it as it is still scared of fire and acid. Right. And and that might actually keep you alive for an extra round or two as everyone's still throwing fire at you. Right. Until the troll's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I can handle this now. <laughs> right. And then turn around and come fighting back. But like, it's, it's an interesting kind of second round of combat. Yeah, me, right. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So let's ask some questions about the spirit troll. Twelve. Four. Oh, I got a two. So, Derry, environmental and social encounters opportunities for the spirit troll. It's tough for the spirit troll. Yeah. It's tough for the spirit troll. The only thing I can think is if there was something that you wanted from that troll and you fucked it up trying to weaken it or whatever so you could take it. And so it, it freaked out and ran away as a spirit troll. And now you're in like a 
chase or it's become this social skill challenge of trying to get what you want out of the spiritual but it's having a hard it's having an existential crisis because it got turned into a spiritual 12 seconds ago in D D time um so it's tough but it's probably going to be a matter of like crisis control mm. is how i see it crisis management okay all right I, oh that's an interesting idea and maybe an idea for you why they give a skill it a out of it? exactly that uh. yeah yeah see i'm gonna lean into that now you can stop combat Mm -hmm. Right. You could be able to roll to stop combat to say, whoa, 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 what happened? And then sit down and try to convince it that Vaprak did this to him on purpose. He is a chosen one of Vaprak. Time to change your ways, bud. Yeah. Right. Like, you, I think that you could probably communicate with the spiritual more than most of the others. Mm. Um, But what does it want when it has no body and doesn't feel hunger? To return to its body. That's all it's ever known, right? Yeah. Yeah, so think about a spiritual that's just been out there wandering the land for the last three years, not knowing its purpose at all. What does it do? I kill things because I always did, but how long is that going to last, right? Mm-hmm. Before he's just not going to do it anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, he can't even poop. And Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I agree with the motivations of a troll with you. I mean, I don't think it's end-all, be-all existence is to poop again. Well, I well, mean... It's the best although, thing. Lord knows, when I turned 30, I didn't know... Like, oh, I learned to appreciate how good, like, being regular and a good shit is. So, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. What the fuck? That was sideways real fast. Yeah, Where did that come from? No, I knew exactly where that came from. Yeah. yeah. When you turn 30, you'll understand, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the fact that you... These 30s are going too fast, by the way, so I feel like I just did turn 30. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so sorry. so an environmental, I, like I don't think there's an environmental thing for them necessarily because right? they, they don't have an environment built for them. Yeah, like yeah. they can impact the environment, but to what fucking end? Maybe that actually makes them more religious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't really have a whole lot else going on. Yeah. So maybe if they're typically chaotic evil, but they don't have that uh, insatiable hunger anymore, maybe they're no longer typically chaotic evil. Kyle, maybe yeah. they maybe they change their ways. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, so okay, I think you can make an environmental thing out of it uh, because it talks about um, like a huge force of psychic energy. So what I imagine is there's some sort of war involving trolls and then they were attacking a central position and then some crazy mage or lich or whatever just released this huge amount of psychic energy and just obliterated this attacking troll troop. And now they're all kind of wandering this area trying to figure out what their next move is, right? Would you say they're on patrol? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. You think they're all out for a stroll? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Where they're just there there's a whole bunch of them gathered in a central location and it doesn't provide some social opportunities of you know, how are you gonna get through all these guys? Mm-hmm. Battle tactics. Mm. 
How are you going to play these guys? Is that me? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll try not to repeat myself too much this episode, but based on what Adam gave me there... Pick them up and drop them. It's so. going to be pick them up and drop them, and then add the additional information that I always added every time. <laughs> but they have no strength. They can't pick anything up. No, just... It's, no, they not it. That's not it. That's a long-standing, ongoing yeah, joke. It's, it's it's unfortunately, it's a long-standing, ongoing joke. Uh, no, you got to get close with, with a lot of the variants of trolls, and uh, I think uh, particularly this variant control uh, so they get their multi-attack and then they get additional damage uh with this with the psychic damage right well it it's only psychic damage they don't get slashing or anything else right they do psychic damage and then the bite forces that save to be stunned right okay so it, you so you've got to get up close and i think you've got to take out it's going to be whoever's the biggest threat but it is most likely going to be the martial classes that will be close to you when you die. And so your biggest chance is just to get... Ah, you want to get up close and with, and personal with something squishy, but I don't want to metagame it too much. Um, so it's I, likely going to be a martial class. But but I don't think you have to metagame it because, remember, the troll doesn't know that it is a, a spirit troll yet. So when it goes down, let's say the the sorcerer in the back does some crazy psychic shit knocks the troll down, bang, you have a spirit troll now. Mm -hmm. The thing that they're going to go after is the spellcaster that also dropped fireball on them last like, right. two rounds ago. But now they don't have to worry about going around the barbarian and the paladin. They can go through the barbarian and the paladin. Right. Right. So they may not necessarily know, but their rage knows no bounds in that moment so. so okay so let me look at it this way it's like how do you win it's not necessarily killing everything a spiritual is freaking out right so it may just be you don't know how much damage has been caused prior to that troll becoming a spiritual you may already have one teammate that's uh that's been taken out of the battle but either way if you can move around them and, and if you can if you can essentially cause that death spiral by just stunning multiple people that's your best chance for success i think you're most likely going to have it's not just going to be you and the enemy action economy. There may be another troll that's going to be minus. There's going to be something else that, that's going to help you. But I think if you know that you have that stun attack, you need to try and stun as many people as possible to reduce that action economy. Conversely, just to play devil's advocate again, are trolls smart enough to have tactics like that? Or are they going to hit that guy, wait a minute, he's not moving? Now I can hit him more easily because yeah. advantage. Bang, 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 and down they go. Because if you are biting every round, even if they made their save at the end at the end of their turn, yeah. so they don't get to do anything else, you can then bite again the next turn. Yeah. And that is better, but I have Ice Troll coming up where I have battle tactics that I didn't want to be too similar. Oh, so well, I said spread uh, it out, but it could, but I'm going to expand upon that when it gets to my turn later. But you are correct. You're not wrong. It makes okay. sense to stay so, on the same the guy. I want to say... in. Um, talking about if they came back and they don't know that they're a spiritual, right? They still assume it's their own body. So what I would be thinking of is it goes up to the first guy, grabs him, bites him, and then nothing happens. There's no taste of blood in their mouth. What's going on? Why can't I hit this person? Okay, I'm going to go to the next person because clearly there's something wrong here. Maybe they're protected. I just, I'm just trying to kill. Maybe, like but you've you got to think, um, you've got to think the, the time in the game, right? Like it's only a few seconds, only six seconds per round. Mm -hmm. They might stay there for 12 or 18 seconds before they realize it's not working. Like the, it makes sense that they will stay and they'll keep attacking the same thing. The other thing that you can do as well, look, I think we're all kind of, 
It depends on the circumstances. It depends yeah. on the party, who attacked, who with, what kind of weapons, how many, uh, what kind of damage was, was done early. Are they afraid of fire? Was someone spitting acid at them in early rounds right. and gave up because it wasn't doing enough damage? But they're like, oh, fuck that guy. Right? Like, it, really pay attention to what happens in the first, like, I have a troll and then the psychic damage hits. Now I have a spirit troll. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's really the same character that's going to react to all of the circumstances that led up until this point. But the important thing to remember is that if you want to have these um, these moments, if you want to tell the story with how the troll is acting round after round after round, you do not put them against a uh, level 11 party. They will fuck him up and he's dead in two rounds. Mm-hmm. Right? Even with this, this Monsters of the Multiverse boost. Two, three rounds, max. That, that's what you get. Mm-hmm. They will have laughed when a troll showed up in the first place. They're like, oh, a real threat. And then they'll just fuck you up even further. So I'm going to throw this at a level seven, level six party. Have them wipe out the troll and the spirit troll will be confused and chaotic and then flee. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily because it took damage and it's retreating, but because it's confused and it hates this and what's going on. Why am I cold? Yeah. yeah. It's time to leave. Right. Okay. So that's... That's kind of my battle tactic on this as well, is I, this is going to be an enemy that gets the fuck away. Yeah, you got to remember that, right? It's it's not that every enemy automatically wants to kill you. The stakes and the, and the reasons and, and everything can change. And in this situation, you're right. It's most likely they're going to be like, what the fuck is this? I'm getting out of here. I don't want to fight these people anymore. So that, that does make sense for me. I, yeah. I would disagree simply because I don't believe that How trolls have that sense of self-preservation. Well, or at least they don't in my mind's eye. Everything right? does. Everybody. Well, the dog does. They have an intelligence of two. Traditionally, yeah, traditionally speaking, there are really three kinds of creature types that don't have it. Mm. One is constructs because a flying rug doesn't fucking understand the concept of death. Right. One is undead because, well, and the last one are is uh, anything that was typically considered an outsider previous editions. So your celestials, your fiends, because when they die, they respawn on another plane and make their way back. Mm. Right. So they're only really scared of death on their home plane where death is permanent for them. That's part of why they want to get to the material plane because they can be a little bit more wild with their tactics and yeah. whatnot. So when you get a monstrosity, an aberration, a beast, even a plant, it does want to, it may want power, it may want riches, it, it may want fame, but ultimately in the end, it wants to live to reap the benefits of it tomorrow. Okay, yeah, that's, so that's a good point, but I'm, um, the invincibility of youth, right? When you're young, you don't really recognize how much danger you can put yourself in or have put yourself in until you're looking through it, back through it, at it through the lens of wisdom, I also right? don't know how the fuck I'm still alive. If that's what you yeah, get into. Yeah, so a, a troll <laughs> keep ducking has my assassins, that's the problem. regeneration, right? Like, it, it's it, as long as I don't take fire or acid damage, I'm fucking coming back. Like, yeah. I will be here and I will kill you next time. And it believes that it's God, if it's religious, that... The God will eat their soul, spit them out for them to be brought back another way. So if there is no real concept of death, would you still have self-preservation? Well, I think that you're gonna, they're going to be smart enough to know when they're in over their head. Yeah. But that's about it. And that level is different for different creatures. 
the way that I tend to run retreat is I look at the percentage of, of hit points. When one or two members get uh, take that percentage, everybody should turn and flee. Depends on how big the group is, but as a general rule, town guards will last until they're at two-thirds hit points, and they'll be like, okay, that's it, I'm calling reinforcements. Yeah. Kobolds, will, kobolds will scatter at the first kobold death. Knolls will see it out to the very fucking end, mm -hmm. right? Like, depending on the different kind of monster, you have to think... Half hit points, third hit points, quarter hit points. At what point do they say, not worth my fucking time? Yeah. Right? Like, this is no good. And I think that a troll that just got knocked out of its body is going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is new information. What the shit? The moment he realizes. So I think you are going to get a couple of rounds of dicking about. Mm -hmm. And still trying to taste blood and, and feel the warm spray of blood in your claws and shit. And then when that's not there, what? What it, just happened? I I need to regroup. It's like when you watch like boxing or something like that, and you see one of them. They get really fucking rocked, but not knocked out. They're like like Bambi legs, and there is that 12, 18 seconds of where they're they're like, I know I have to get swinging back here, and I've got to I've got to go back. But then they get back to themselves, can collect their thoughts a little bit. Obviously, a boxer doesn't go anywhere. Go, you're stuck in a ring. But but that's the point. Where a troll could decide, a spirit troll could decide, okay, am I in this or am I out of this right now? But you're going to get that 12 seconds of, uh, I just naturally have to retaliate. I, I also think that a spirit troll is unique in the ability or, or in its intention to retreat. Most other trolls will see it out because they will regenerate to the very end. But a spirit troll just got knocked the fuck out of its body. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So that is a brand new sense for it. So I think you're right, Kyle. For every other kind of troll, <laughs> except the spiritual. All right. Hey, everyone. We're going to keep this brief because I know you're not clicking on these episodes to listen to ads. So we're getting back into mailbag time, and that means that we want your questions. So send them all in. You know you can reach us through info at itsamimic.com. You can send us mailbag questions through the website at www.itsamimic.com. There's the subreddit r slash itsamimic. And of course, there's the DMs on Facebook and Instagram. And in the wake of all of this 1D&D announcements, I'm curious to see what you guys are thinking about. Let's get back to the show. All right, guys. Next up is Terry with the Ice Troll. Yeah, I have the Ice Troll. Uh, and we're going to look at... We're going to look at a couple of different versions of this. So some things have changed. We saw like an the ice... snow troll, the blizzard troll. Right. No, Adam, because this is what you do to me. You know it's very stressful <laughs> for me when I have to read my information I'm and start making it sound interesting. I'm sorry, I'm trolling you. Okay. I've been doing it for three or four years now, however long it's been, and it's still difficult for me to do this. Um, You're doing fantastic. Thanks, Adam, because there's been changes from the ice troll that was in Rise of Tiamat uh, compared to the ice troll reprint that was in uh, Icewind Dale. Uh, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Okay, so ice trolls. Ice trolls will stand about about eight feet tall, and they will weigh about four hundred pounds. They are said to have like sickly, translucent white skin, and uh, and some people say, Kyle, that if you get close enough, you can even see the pale blood coursing through their veins underneath their skin. Oh. Yes, they will still demonstrate the same insatiable hunger and cruel disposition as their more temperate climate cousins. Uh, but let's take a look at the Ice Troll. Uh, this is the Ice Troll from the Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden variant. And then once we've been through this, I will compare it uh, to the uh, Rise of Tiamat Troll and we can see uh, what's, what's changed there. 
Large, giant, still cha- says chaotic evil, not typically chaotic evil. No, typically is later. So both of these came up before typically. Okay, good. Before typically existed. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at armor class of 16. Average hit points of 115. That's 10d10 plus 60. Uh, standard walking speed of 30 feet. Okay. Their strongest stat is constitution. That's coming in at 22. So that's a plus 6 modifier. After that, we see strength. And then we see a big drop off. For all of Dexterity, Intelligence, Wisdom, and Charisma, they are all below 10. So it's your Strength and your Intelligence, and your Constitution, excuse me, that you're relying on. Everything else is under 10. They have Damage Immunities of Cold. They get their Dark Vision for 60 feet. Their Passive Perception is 12 feet. They can speak Giant. They're coming in as a Challenge Rating of 8. And their uh, Proficiency Bonus is plus 3. They have an aura, Adam. You'll be pleased to Yay! hear. There's a cold aura. <laughs> this aura exists while this, while the ice troll is alive. It will, uh, it uh, gives off an aura, a bit of cold. It fills an area within twelve feet of it. And at the start of the troll's turn, all non-magical flames in that aura are extinguished. So your human fighter, Kyle, who is up close and personal with this ice troll, because that's what human fighters do. A torch is now extinguished. Do not forget that. Uh, and any creature. Do I look like a person that plays a human fighter? You physically look like a human fighter. Yeah. You do. I, I, you look like a human fighter. Thank you. I think. There's nothing wrong no, with there's being nothing a human wrong fighter. Yeah. You, you don't want to look like a druid. Yeah, all right. No way, man. You look good. Thanks. Kind I appreciate like it. A, I, a yeah, I just didn't know how to... I feel like warlocks have pimples. I mean, high charisma, I just, but like... I mean, yeah. well, like a celestial warlock? But, I mean, Tash is a warlock, right? Isn't she? Well, she's, she's a hag, technically. Yeah, yeah, that, that just fucking wrecked your world. I watched the glass shatter there. Why did you do that to me? <laughs> I mean, I've done it before. I mean, you know. You, you have shagged a hag more than once in a campaign. <laughs> I'm not afraid. Okay, any creature that starts its turn within 10 feet of the troll, within, within the aura, aut- automatically takes 3d6 cold damage. Automatically. Yeah. They still have keen smell, as is common with the trolls. They still have the regeneration of the regaining 10 hit points at the start of its turn. They also get a multi-attack. It's three attacks. It's one with the bite. It's two with the claws. But listen to this. Okay, so plus seven to hit for that bite attack. We're looking at 1d6 plus four piercing damage. And in addition to that, 2d8 cold damage. For the claw attacks that are coming up right after plus 7 to hit, we're looking at 2d6 plus 4 slashing damage. And then we also get 2d8 cold damage for both claw attacks. Okay, so we're looking at challenge rating of 8. What, I mean, what's the average hit points when you're when you're going to be around that, ta- what's that, level 8 for 4 players, right? So yeah. 55 to 65 hit points, is that right? Uh, there, d- depends use, how well your barbarian's rolling, it, but it could be like yeah. way, way up. But yeah, d8s will be... Well, no, your average is going to be 45, 48, okay. depending on how strong your con modifier is. And that's assuming that you're rolling average stats. Okay. So if I just take the averages here, so the so for the bite, 9, for the cold damage, 7, so 16 plus 20. So we're looking at 36 for the round of damage. Does that include the aura? That does not include the aura. So if you start your turn in there, that's an additional 3d6. We'll call that 10. Let's just say an average of 46 in a single round for a single player character if you're up close and personal with this troll for an entire turn. That's nuts. Assuming that it hits over and over again. So, honestly, I'm going to be more scared for my spellcasters mm. than I am for my barbarian or the paladin with the high AC. Right. Yeah. Well, what's their, what's their hit points again? 
There, uh, it's an average of 115. It's 10d10 plus 60. So that's good. That's pretty hefty. And they generally travel in packs, too. I mean... And you're most likely going to be fighting this thing. On it, uh, and it's a home game. So the Ice Troll. Like, yeah. I doubt that it's wandering around. It's probably going to be with close to or within its lair. I imagine it's most likely that you had to go to it for something. Mm-hmm. And frankly, you're going to be fucky with this, too. If you're in Arctic conditions, somebody has levels of exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, so this is this is not a good place to start. And come on, D- you're you're the DM. This battle is going to be if it's outside, it's in the snow. It's probably going to deep, be deep snow. The it may be windy. It may be a blizzard. It's going to there's going to be something to do the environment that's going to make this battle. Uh, it's going to be harder. Um, right. But okay, but let me compare it to the Rise of Tiamat uh, Ice Troll. Rise of Tiamat Ice Troll has an armor class of fifteen. To remind you, the Ice Wind Dale one has an armor class of sixteen. Hit points for the Rise of Tiamat Ice Troll are lower. We're 8d10 plus 40. That's an average of 84 compared to the average of 115 we just discussed. The dexterity is much lower for the Rise of Tiamat Ice Troll. It's 13, which is only a plus 1 modifier. And the... uh, Oh, sorry. Sorry. It's much higher at 13 with a plus 1 modifier. Uh, The Constitution is 20 with a plus 5 modifier compared to a lower dexterity of 9 with a minus 1 modifier for the Icewind Dale version. And the Constitution is 22. So the Icewind Dale version is much lower dex, or notably lower dex, and in higher Constitution. Rise of Tiamat uh, Ice Troll has resistance to cold damage. Icewind Dale Ice Troll has immunity to cold damage. The cold aura is only with the Icewind Dale version that I just discussed. And then there is some slight differences with the damage. Uh, The claw attacks in the Rise of Tiamat... Uh, version do not have the cold damage, the 2d8 cold damage that I discussed in the Icewind Dale version. But that's it. That's an ice troll. All right. Both versions there. So the mm-hmm. just for context, Rise of Tiamat was the third actual adventure to ever be published for 5th edition. Right. Not including the weird playtesting and the D&D Next shit, which only some of you know what I'm talking about. But the there was Lost Minds of Fandelver, I think, Horde of the Dragon Queen, and then Rise of Tiamat, which means they were still trying to hammer out what balance was beyond tier one which is why we're gonna get this this big crazy scary bump mm-hmm. right and i i don't know i like the icewind dale better yeah i, like I do like it too. better yeah it's more interesting and you know you got you got to forgive them that you know in uh, the rise of tmi version it maybe wasn't quite where we needed it to be but you know, like you say it was the third book or something so it's not like there was that much going on at that point anyway Tyranny of Dragons is one of those things that I desperately want to sit down and rebuild from the ground up. Yeah, me too. Because there are so many great ideas that fell flat, just based on primitive game design. I would edition. love to rebuild that, and I I should do that. Even if it never gets played, I should just do that just to... Ha, fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> well, do it, and we'll sell it off the website, Terry. Sure. Yeah, there you go. All right, guys, so let's get into some questions about this. I grabbed the white die because it's an... I four. Oh, I won with a four. Three, two. I'm. Oh, that's sad. Uh, All right, Terry. So, tell us about some social or environmental encounter opportunities. Okay. Okay. I need to touch on something that I completely forgot to touch on because I don't have the book in front of me, and now I'm panicking. Um, But the ice troll. A characteristic of it is that if you can acquire an ice troll heart, as long as you have it within after 24 hours, I think I think it dies. If you bury it, uh, it will cause a blizzard for 24 hours. I think where it is. So for me, for an environmental uh, encounter, 
it would be that you are not the first people to come across this ice troll. Maybe there's another adventure. I'm all about discovering other adventuring parties in D&D because yeah. there's other people out there doing it. For whatever reason, they've failed. Maybe they've succeeded and they've buried it or whatever. But there's it, it almost becomes like a, a crime scene investigation. That's how I kind of want to do it, where it's going to be like a maybe a skill check to find what you need. Maybe there's another battle or whatever. But whatever the situation is, all comes from the fact that this uh, ice troll heart has been buried and it's caused a blizzard, which is obscuring what you're trying to do in that area. Maybe mm. it's a rescue mission. Okay. All right. Interesting. So it's not even really about the ice troll so much? No, it's, more it's just, just using like a, an aspect of it, which was there was an ice troll there, and now there's an ice troll heart buried underneath, yeah. but the, whatever you're trying to do in that area, uh, it's creating an environmental encounter. All right, cool flavor. Yeah, I guess I would go with environmental. I think of them as an excellent kind of minion for the Sea Furies, because those are kind of Arctic already. Right. And so I just imagine them kind of filling the cavern in there. But other than that... Well, it, it's interesting that you went there. You went to Hag. Mm-hmm. There's a Ver Hag, which is the ice Hag, the snow Hag that okay. exists. Um, it's in uh, Morden Canaan's Tome of Foes as well. All right. Um, and normally trolls and Hags, they tend to go hand in hand because they're both gross. And some Hags in the past, I may be wrong on this, but some of them were giant kin, different kinds of Hags were. So, like, they kind of work together. Um, having troll minions for a Verheg is really interesting because Verhegs are creepy as fuck. Long spindly arms and like a rictus smile that never goes away. That's like oh, literally frozen that. in place. Into it. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and they're ice. Like they're all cold themed, right? Yeah. So Sea Fury is great, but I have the Acuatic Troll, which will, will like line that up later. I hate that word so much. <laughs> <laughs> what word? I it's missed it. Acuatic. <laughs> Sorry, the aquatic fills me with unconscionable rage. Uh, Adam Adam pronounces it aquatic. Yeah, isn't that how you pronounce it? Aquatic, 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 aquatic. Um, so, uh, yeah, my social encounter would be with a with a verhag. That's very much the thing that I'm one hundred percent into with with these these ice trolls. I. They tend the reason they were in Rise of Tiamat is because they were teamed up with a white dragon. Mm. And remember, white dragons are the dumbest of dragons, but still smarter than you, and they damn well know it. And they're better hunters, and they're the masters of their environments and shit like that. So it like had troll minions, which was weird that a white dragon would a do that and b keep them around. Yeah, it didn't sit right with me. Um, it's not even like they would want to eat them. They can eat whatever they want. Why the fuck would they eat that? No. Yeah. So um, when no, honestly, when it comes to uh, environment, though, I want. We talked about this in the White Dragon episode. If you have ice, you should have thin ice with water underneath and shit breaking up to the ice. Oh yeah. And that ice trolls could very much immune to cold. Uh-huh. They're going to do that. And they're going to drag your ass into it. And now you're rolling con saves because you are wet in the Arctic. Yeah. Right. And so, like, exhaustion is common. That's terrifying, too. They're just, like, one hand breaking out through the ice, grabbing you and ripping oh, you down. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's roll initiative uh-huh. right off the bat. And that's when you get this, like, crazy surprise. Another surprise round doesn't exist in fifth ed. But if, if the ambusher has higher initiative and goes before someone's first round, they get advantage on it, right? That's mm. the surprise rule. So the idea of just, like, roll initiative is like, why? There's nothing here. And then 
suddenly the ice breaks from underneath them and drags the warlock into the water, right? Yeah. All right. I like it. All right. Terry, battle tactics. Yeah. Okay. So with this uh, type of troll, you've got to get up close and personal with the martial classes. This Maybe someone might say this is a little bit meta. I don't know. But for an ice troll, you should be targeting the person that goes right before you. So you can take full advantage of the aura and your reactions if they try and break away from you. So if they go before you, they finish your turn, their turn. You can start your turn, get into their space, make your crazy multi-attack. They will then start their turn in your aura because they went right before you and they can either engage with you if they want or they can try and break away from you at which point it will most likely be an attack of opportunity. So you can do a fuckload of damage to a single person uh, within, within, uh, within one turn. The cold damage, I did not mention, I'm kicking myself now. There is a constitution check. It's DC 15, I remember. And if they fail, they get disadvantage on attack rolls. So that is why it's important to get up close and personal with these martial classes because you can cripple them and within a couple of rounds you can put one down. That's with the claw attack, right? That's correct, yes. If you hit with it, okay. Yeah. I would go with, you know, overwhelming numbers, I guess. And if I was going to play this, now I'm thinking about an ice cave and I'm thinking about these trolls hidden behind thin sheets of ice and one standing in the middle, not behind a sheet of ice, so it looks like it's reflections on all these ice balls. <laughs> so, roll, roll perception. Only 21. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they come in, and then I just imagine them trying to come in from all... Like a zombie tactic. That's what I picture them doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just my mm-hmm. mind's it's eye al- It's also really cool to have there be like a, a thick sheet of ice that is see-through. And the ice troll is walking beside the party. And neither of you can hit each other. Oh, but we're going to come to an end. Yeah. Tension. Right. Um, honestly, when it comes to battle tactics, uh, you have to have more than one. Because your ice troll will be dead by the second round. Before it gets to have a second turn, it will be dead. Because the very first thing that you're going to bring to a troll fight is fire. fire. At level 8, you have fireball for days. And especially against an ice troll, your guys have already put that shit together. Mm -hmm. Right? So even if they don't know the weakness, they're going to go, Oh, ice, we will use fire. Right? And it will just automatically do it. And you don't really have a save against that. There's nothing you can do when you get fireballed by the wizard, the bard, and the and the sorcerer all in round one, right? And then uh, you're down, you're dead. So you have to have multiple ice trolls, just because you're already sitting there with a the target on your back. Mm-hmm. However, if you're up against a paladin, a barbarian, and a rogue. Yeah, maybe just one will do it. You, you don't need too much there. It's another yeah. argument to stay up close and personal, though. Because those area of effect, like the fireballs and stuff, they're less... Li- I mean, you can yeah, you know, yeah. say where you're going to do it, but it's it's certainly advantageous to stay up close and personal. Well, ex- except, again, sorcerers, because they have that meta magic that lets them pick and choose who not to hit. Fuck those guys. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Fuck Naturally guys. talented sons of bitches. But the best, one of the best ways to get, to get the, not advantage situation but the advantage to get an advantage in battle as a dm is if you can make the players fight with each other that's brilliant so if you can get up close and personal and someone drops a fireball and fucks it up you know there's always someone that gets burned they start getting pissed at each other you're already winning let them kill themselves (laughs) can you cast a fireball underwater i think you can 
And I think it'll blow up. It's magic fire, right? Mm. Yeah. So it do, fireball doesn't set anything alight. Which no, it tells doesn't. Me that it's not the same. It, it's as it's fire. a burst, right? And yeah. so and it's magical. So half if, damage. I, I don't. I don't know. I'll let. I'll let it hit. But also, I mean, all the steam that comes off the water. Then look to the dragon turtle because you have steam doing damage in that stat block. Mm. Yeah. So and it's it's still heat, it's still fire damage that's being done. So yeah. the trolls will get hit, but so will everybody else diving into the water for the next turn. Oh, I but okay, man. so uh, concussive force under pressure is not going to have the same effect, right? The problem with this is when you start to get nitpicky and shit, like yeah. you got you got to keep in mind these rules exist as a loose facsimile of reality. Yeah, they are gamified. I would let a fireball go off underwater. Sure, I'm going to start looking more closely at cold spells underwater because now you're making ice cubes. Mm. Yeah, that's where I'm looking. But frankly, if magic missile will hit and it's force damage, it will travel through the water and not get slowed down. Mm. Like at the moment you start playing with water mechanics with That's, spells, it gets so fucky. So like I just wouldn't. It's tough because it's yeah. where do you draw the line with I using physics as your argument in a in a fantasy game? Yeah. Right? It's like, hey, we just we know the physics isn't real here, so we're gonna get to a point where your argument stands up. This is why people like me is that like and, that peasant catapult. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. This is why why me and James are terrible players. You should not have us at your table because I will sit there and be like, actually, I know an obscure fact about relativism, and then we're just gonna bring that into the table now, and it's good. Terry, our lungs an open container. Oh, it's, right? it's, it's like, a perfect example, yeah. right? And you get a new DM like I was at the time, and, yeah. and like I the know answer now to go shut up. Yeah, <laughs> the, the answer is Adam, stop it, yeah. right? I'm, but I'm like. Technically, if you get a DM to slowly say the word technically, you've won. Yeah. Okay, Terry, give us a plot hook or a side quest or a one shot. Yeah, it's got to be, I'd say this is a side quest, right? It's got to be something around the troll, the ice troll heart is very valuable. You can do things with it. Uh, But I always like when the situation is not as clear as you thought it was when you set off. So, you know, if you need something like you have to carve the heart out of the ice troll and bring it back. Brilliant. I'm all for that. Uh, but what about if you get there and the previous adventuring party has already killed the trolls and it's only the uh, the baby troll that's left, you know? And uh, But you need an ice troll heart, but it's the little baby troll, it's a child troll, or it's even if it's just like the mother troll or something, uh, put something in there to make it a difficult moral decision for your players uh, where something that should have obviously died right from the start uh, now cannot. And babies and mothers are usually a good way to go about that. As we know, no one cares about male creatures. True. We should have called the episode Snow Patrol. That's because that's fuck. Yeah. Missed an opportunity there. <laughs> uh, you were next. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I would have to go with the ice hack. I think sure. these guys would just feature into it. I mean, I don't ever really see trolls being a main quest, right? They just don't have that much bite to them. But I mean, I get it. Yeah. They literally do have bite. No, it wasn't. No. I wasn't going there, but yes. Yeah. 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 Good catch. Do you think they have like minty, fresh, like dentine ice breath? Absolutely not. <laughs> Just no. Yeah. Um, my plot hook is going to be that you have to choose a side. The ice trolls come to your party and they've had enough of the frost giants being racist <laughs> against them. We're giants too, damn it. Fuck it out. And so now you have to choose. The chaotic evil or the chaotic evil, 
because you've got fucking frost giants, which are huge size and a real goddamn problem, or ice trolls, which have auras and are a real goddamn problem. Mm. Do you think they can suppress their aura? Like they clench their butthole? It's not like, like... Like turn it off, you mean? Yeah, like they just like close the fucking gills or whatever they got that's... No, it's just a magical aura. Because it's right? their heart, right? That's yeah. pumping it out. That's why they, when you bury it, it turns into a blizzard. Yeah. Okay. So. That, that's going to be... All right, you stand over there, but we got a question for you. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, if you have interesting ideas about uh, ice trolls buttholes, you can reach out to us at Instagram, Facebook, and at r slash It's a Mimic on Reddit. That was a segue, guys. I'm very proud of it. Yeah. You can also reach out to us at info at It's a Mimic.com. Where you can ask us mailbag questions or in any of the inboxes or on the post that is stickied at the top of the subreddit. If you want to help us out, you can leave positive reviews or give online shoutouts, links in social media, or bullying your friends into listening. And using the podcast at loud volumes to torture your enemies are all viable ways to help spread news of the podcast. Seriously, I'd like to see our voices used to torture enemy insurgents. So get on that, please. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, we come to the dire trolls, which are the foul result of troll-on-troll violence. When one of these beings of limitless hunger turns on its own, gorging itself on the forbidden flesh, we get these walking nightmares. Is this all just a metaphor for them banging? No. Oh, okay. There's no the, banging. The forbidden flesh? Yeah. Is no, it was like, you know, <laughs> oh, you long pork. Is like a code name for human meat. Oh yeah, you can call me yeah. Long Pork, Kyle. Oh, call me Long Pork. <laughs> that is a, that is the noise you make when you yeah. say Long Pork. Yeah. Their hunger soon becomes all-consuming as the troll craves ever more of its brethren to increase its size with those sweet, sweet troll gains, bro. These now ever-increasing mutants rip and rend the flesh of its own kind, grafting it onto itself, incorporating the stolen parts of its bodies. Eyes, arms, mouths, they all become one with the host. These, like, if you've seen the art on, in the books, it is incredible. It's like this forearm troll with, like, a mouth in its stomach and, like, a couple eyes on its breast. I, I love the idea. That is just so disgusting. I'm going yeah. to eat 98% of you. And recycle that bit. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, it just reaches down and rips off an arm and then just sticks it on and then <sighs> keeps going. So these are huge variety creatures. Typically chaotic evil with an AC of 15, 172 hit points, and a 40-foot walking speed. As can be expected, they have a much better, better martial stats with a godly 22 in strength and 21 in con and sporting an alright dex at 15. Their mental skills are not quite as hot, um, with their highest being a wisdom at 11 and a negative 3, so a total of 5 in their charisma. Although it shouldn't really be considering surprising considering that it's a troll that is just mashed extra troll into it. So, for saving throws, they get a bonus to charisma and wisdom, which, what the fuck is that? Like, it's their well, lowest oh, yeah. stats. No, no, okay, so the reason <clears throat> the reason that you see stats get boosted in a monster stat is different than why you see it boosted in, like, what a player's saving throws are. Yeah. A player's saving throw is what their strengths are, so that they are better at things. Like, the wizard has wisdom and intelligence, because that's what they are good at. <coughs> When it comes to a monster, though, when they're when they would have negative modifiers, yeah. what they have to do instead in order to balance that creature out 
Because otherwise, every single wisdom and charisma spell out there. Oh, yeah. You'd just charm, be killing it. Oh, yeah. yeah. You'd, be, yeah. you'd be hitting them left, right, and center. So these are just boosts to keep the monster relevant. Yeah, okay. That makes all right. Sense. So it's it's overcoming the negative instead of boosting the positive. Yeah, that, all right. So that's why. it's. It took me a long time to figure that out, but that's the general idea there. Yeah, it would make sense because just charming one of these things would be crazy to just have around. Yeah, because they're so strong. They've got a challenge rate of 13. They all have for skills. They get a plus 10 to perception uh, in the Monsters of the Multiverse, which has changed from the plus 5 in Mordenkainen's. And it's to replace the keen senses feature. So rather than getting advantage on perception checks, they just get a bonus to it. Okay. Um, they also have resistance to non-magical bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing, and are immune to the frightened and poison condition. On top of that, they get 60 feet of dark vision, like all the other ones, a passive perception of 20 this time, and a proficiency bonus of plus five, and uh, speak only giant. Now for skills, they, like all trolls, get the regeneration feat, which means they regain 10 health point hit points at the beginning of their turn, unless they have taken fire or acid damage, in which case this time they only get five. And they can only die if they take 10 or more fire or acid damage after they have already reached zero hit points. For their actions, the Dire Troll gets a multi-attack in which they get five attacks, four claws and one bite, or they can use their Whirlwind of Claws ability. Their bite has a plus 11 to hit, a 10-foot reach to a single target, and deals 1d8 plus 6 piercing damage and 1d10 poison. The Claw has a plus 11 to hit, also with a 10-foot reach to a single target, but deals 3d6 plus 6 slashing damage this time. I don't understand why the Bite has the 10-foot reach and the Claw, to be honest. What, why they both have it? Yeah, I feel like you can't bite as far, or you grab it and then... Nah, it has to do with the fact that 5th Ed is very simple with its mechanics. It doesn't want DMs to spend too much time, especially at low and mid-levels, worrying about things like reach and range, right? They they want you to have two or three very simplistic attacks that work together intuitively because they want it to be very simple for new DMs to pick up and run it without getting confused. Okay. That's why they save all the really cool shit for Tier 4. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. That makes absolute sense, yeah. They're trying to grow the brand, so it's going to be easy. Yeah. It annoys me. I like it better when there's 10 different things that you can do. But also, you're at level thirteen. How many hit points do you have uh, for this? Yeah, for the uh, one hundred and seventy. Sure, that's still three rounds at, at level thirteen. Like you're not going to get all of your shit off over and over again. Yeah, right. So, so now the real fun with this one is the whirlwind of claws. It's a recharge on a five six and prompts a DC nineteen dexterity saving throw from anyone within a ten foot radius, and they take eight d ten slashing damage on a fail or half as much on a success. So, considering this thing is a huge creature, it's almost the same radius as a fireball that this thing does an 8d10 damage, mm-hmm. prompting a dex throw. Oh, Yeah. So, but, but it's the dex throw. So, by level 13, monks and rogues are just immune to it. They have evasion. Yeah, pretty much. But I think with this guy, you were going, like, just running into the center and then... Whirlwind, yeah. absolutely. Why would you not? Yeah, and then five attacks, you're attacking everything all over the place. So it's basically you're just Tasmanian Devil, like, in the middle of these guys, yep. which I think is pretty cool. All right, so let's get into some questions. Everybody grab your ready, ready to go. 
Four. Oh, Fuck off. I got a one. 17 to me. Oh, yeah, talk to yourself, yeah. Talk to yourself. So, Kyle. Yes, Kyle. Uh, tell me, how would you do environmental and social encounter opportunities? So, I don't think you're going to get much social out of this one. This thing is dumb as a bag of bricks. And, uh, like, I would be playing this thing as, squ- like, nuttier than a squirrel turd. Because I think of, like, mad cow disease where they, like... It's from them eating cows, and then it gives them a brain virus, and then... So this thing only thinks about cannibalizing its friends. Uh, yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love the fact these guys are just batshit crazy. Yeah. yeah. That explains their charisma level, too. Yeah. Gary? I, I, or you rolled a one. Oh, I rolled a one, because of course I did. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, so it's me. Uh, I But I like the fact that the batshit crazy now would still have a situation where you have to get something out of them. They remember something. They know somebody. They killed somebody. And you have to try and get that information out of them. It, it would be... It's, it can't be a skill check. It's got to be... Maybe. But I, I still want the entertainment as the DM. Just watching these people struggle. Of, of trying to extract information out of this thing. Uh, but you still have to make it attainable for the players. You can't just be like, I'm going to be deliberately annoying. If they go down a line of questioning that w- does make sense, or if they trigger something that does get an emotional reaction, it's almost like, how do you keep it on point? Yeah. How do you keep it happy where you can get this information out of them? So even though it's uh, it's it's crazy as, as, as fuck, I would still uh, have a social encounter where something needs to be extracted from them. Okay. I have a question. Yes. Is it the dire trolls regenerative ability that allows it to attach arms or is it the troll victims regeneration that allows them to attach it my i asked this question because if it's the dire troll opening a wound and slamming a body part into it so it heals up why not have that dire troll do it to other creatures as well Mm. so it has a manticore leg and a giant scorpion tail and like, you could just totally craft a fucking monstrosity out of this mm, thing. Yeah. And then, my social encounter from then is, it killed a wizard with a magic ring that you guys need, and that hand is still attached. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Right? And so, you you literally need to lop off a limb from this thing, which we have rules for, yeah. right, for trolls. We talked all about it in the previous episode. So... You could be rolling dice at random to see if you can lop off the appropriate limb, grab the ring, and just run. You don't have to get get into this, right? Yeah. So the idea, you could negotiate to get the ring off of the troll, but now it knows that you want something. So, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. All right. Uh, battle tactics. So I guess that's me again. Um yeah, pretty simple. These things are huge and dumb, and it's trying to get that sweet, gooey center of your party so it can use the whirlwind attack. So that's what I'd be trying to do. I'd be running in for the casters, anybody trying to use fire, targeting them first. I don't know, playing it like the standard troll. Yeah, I think that's the obvious way to go. I think you still need to use your positioning where if you can kind of pin somebody in in the part where they don't want to be for that whirlwind attack and they feel like they're getting stuck because it's so huge as well. Yeah. Anytime that you can pin somebody into a corner, that's fantastic. Even if you're working with somebody else. I like to put stress uh, on the players. And even though it's a team game, ultimately everybody 
wants their character to survive and then everybody else is to survive after that. Yeah. That's kind of what we're going for. Um, so if you can stress multiple people at the same time by doing this type of thing, they'll start to panic because they're worried about their own character and they'll stop supporting each other. That's yeah, what goes right. away. They'll stop healing each other. They'll stop with the bu- or they'll stop buffing each other because now they're just healing themselves and so everyone else gets fucked. So if you can cause mass panic, uh, that's the way to go. Um, I am like on, honestly, it's the whirlwind attack. That is the yeah. the the showboat thing. That, and is there a recharge on it? Yeah, five six. Uh, see again, I always then put a minimum number of rounds. So if I'm still alive on round four, it goes off again. I know it's five six. I'm gonna roll it, and I know that's not rules as written. But the reason I picked a dire troll for you guys to fight was to showcase this one badass ability. And if I can only do it once. And everybody else is scared yeah. for the second round. They see me roll a d6 and go, ah, oh, shit. But <laughs> right? you also, there's a part of you as a player is secretly hoping for it. You go to the, you go, to, whether it's this or it's the big red or whatever, you're you're secretly like, man, I hope we get this. We go all, we go all this way, you know. I hope, yeah. we, can, I hope we can overcome that. You know? Yeah, I hope we get a fun fucking battle out of it. And so yeah. I wanted, I want to hit with this. But the mental stats on this troll are not high. However... It has experience defeating weaker creatures. Therefore, it stands to reason it can identify weaker creatures. And because it has won so many times that it has now become a huge creature. Because it started off as a large creature, so that is a lot of fucking body parts, Mm -hmm. right? Because it has done this, it would stand to reason that it would be able to understand what the weakest members of the party are. And then hit them. Ambush tactics, stealth be damned is going to try for ambush tactics, and it is going to aim for the weakest, which means not just spellcasters, NPCs, mounts, and familiars. Yeah. And 8d10 in a whirlwind attack will drop all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So now your players are rolling death saves on their turn for their beloved NPCs, mounts, and, well, probably not the familiars. You're like, ah, fuck. I'll just summon him on the next short rest. But the but pets, though. The pets, yeah. that's a that's a big deal. Yeah. Right? And so I'm going to use a dire troll to attack the not party members that are in the, this adventuring party, right? And that's that's going to be way fucking scarier, especially with a CR 13 creature. Mm-hmm. You are hopefully scattering and protecting your guys. This is when you have the rogue and the warlock and the and the sorcerer standing between the dire troll and the butcher, right? Because the butcher is a beloved friend with 10 fucking hit points. You're level 13. Yes, you are a sorcerer, but you have more than 10 fucking hit points, right? It's going to hurt, but you will live to next round. Mm -hmm. That guy won't, Mm -hmm. right? And so you're going to start to see who protects whom, who protects what. And if you have somebody, if, if I'm the dire troll, Kyle's got a mount and a pet and Terry has none... Will Terry protect one of Kyle's? Right. And that is the strife I am trying to sow within the party. That's it. That's what it comes down. It's attack the players, don't attack the characters. Yeah. Reach yeah. out and smack your players. Yeah. Is the Reach point. out and smack your players. But, but even if you beat the dire troll after all of that, after after uh, Kyle's lost his dog and uh, you've lost your uh, butcher husband or whatever, did you win? Did it feel like you win? Because, by the way, you're relying on them for the next part, for, for the next part of the game. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a reason you brought that butcher. <laughs> okay, so um, a plot hook for this. Sure. So I, 
I didn't want to go too into detail with my previous answers because I was saving it for this one. Um, so I think this would make kind of a great mini boss battle. Um, I like the idea of sending a party in for like a MacGuffin, like you were saying, where there's a ring on the hand that's on the uh, troll. Or, you know, um, they get sent by somebody who is just looking to kill the party. Like he's like, oh, I need you to go here and do this thing not telling them at all that he knows there's a dire troll in there and he's going to like it's going to be waiting for him so party goes in and i would love to see like a big room in a cave and there's just a whole bunch of trolls chained up along the walls on the outside and then you see uh the troll the main troll leaned over on over uh one of his prisoners rips off its head sticks it onto its back and then that troll the troll head eyes open onto the party and starts talking to him and then as the battle continues this dire troll is going around and just ripping more body parts off the prisoners to stick them on and just keep going it's always within reach of one of the chained up and so one of the attacks will be to rip off a piece of because all it has to do is 15 slashing yeah to rip off limbs right we've learned that with the with the optional rule in the last right. episode so 15 slashing is nothing for a dire troll. So he's going to rip off a limb and stick it on, right? And there you go. Yeah. As part of its multi-attack. And now next turn, it has another claw. And I would just keep adding claws. Yeah. yeah. And then what is your party going to do? Is it going to rescue the trolls that are chained up along the outside? What are those trolls going to do when they do get free? Or if they get we free? We ain't rescuing trolls. Yeah. Well, I'm just uh, you were talking about a baby troll earlier. Yeah, well, it's so, different. Eh, yeah. Is it? I mean, yeah. one of them could be a baby. Yeah, you know, okay, you know, we've seen, oh, we've all seen those movies, Lord of the Rings, whatever, whatever, where the huge creatures like this, they're always like the weapons, right? They're all chained up and they're like swinging through the battle or whatever. Somebody has to go and get them. They've got it. They didn't come willingly. That's why they've got chains on them. So this would be fantastic for this. We have this dire troll. He lives in this big cave or blah, 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 blah. Oh, you want us to go kill him? <laughs> Gods, no. We need you to bring him back because we need him in this battle which is coming up. So go find him, chain him up, do whatever you want, but get him back here. I feel like it's the goblins it. sending you out to do that. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. We have this crazy idea. Yeah. <laughs> but they wouldn't be. But that's it. That's great, though, as well, because they wouldn't be completely truthful. What is it? A troll? We think it's an ogre, maybe? Yeah. Two Maybe heads, it's an etin. It's an etin. Two yeah, heads. that's it. Two heads, etin. Okay. No, 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 it's a troll. It's a, So it's like half truth and all of yeah. it. It's a troll. It's definitely an ogre. It's big. So it's like an ogre, etin, troll type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely one yeah. of those. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I'm going to take it a step further, though, and have the regular troll walk up to the party, and the only word it knows in common is help. Yeah. <laughs> because dire troll is eating other trolls right yeah. and this one is like help and then like what do you do with that as a party what do you do with that like do we fireball him and like he, he, he sits down cross-legged in front of you and really takes a breath because this is not in his wheelhouse and just okay help <laughs> And, and as, as, as the party's standing there talking amongst themselves, he's getting bored. Why are you not helping, right? Yeah. And he's like babbling in giant. And you just hope you got a furball or something in the party mm-hmm. that can speak it, right? So I just love the idea of the only word it knows is help. And it's just going to point. Yeah. And then the party's going to be like, what? 
What does the troll need help with? <laughs> oh shit! To the point where the troll needs to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, can you imagine a troll pantomiming a dire troll? Do <laughs> like reach across the body so both arms are hanging off the right side, <laughs> flopping around, and like it would just be just really funny. But also, this is going to be a bad time in about two hours of gameplay. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I like it. Okay, so that's all for our discussion on trolls. Next time when we talk about enemies, we'll be returning to our conversation on humanoid NPC options and when you should use which option. Make sure that you subscribe or follow and check back regularly to see what inspirations and insights we'll have for you in the future. Next week, we'll be sitting down to go over our thoughts on how dungeon masters can breathe life into making NPCs feel alive and organic. Sim- uh, instead of simply quest givers and potential victims. Thanks for listening to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com, as well as a store for some potentially arousing merchandise. You tried to get me with that. I did. You <laughs> tried to get me with that, but I had my podcast voice on. We also rely on word of mouth and gentle whispers to get news of the <laughs> podcast out there to the community. <laughs> So please creep into your friends' houses and softly breathe in their ears while they're sleeping, letting them know that we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as most podcast apps. Thanks again for listening to the It's a Mimic podcast, where you never know what you're going to get. This has been an It's a Mimic production. Inquiries, requests, and questions for our mailbags can be sent to info at itsamimic.com. All right, so there is one last final kind of troll. Uh, I've said it a few times. It's the uh, Aquatic Troll. It's... I'm going to burn your house down, Adam. <laughs> How do you say it again? <laughs> aquatic. Aquatic. I... A- aquatic. 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 It's aquatic. So this is not a standard stat block like we got for all the other trolls. This is one of those times where you just, in the middle of an adventure, get like, oh, hey, it's a regular troll, but it's this and this as well. But the more I looked into it, the more I really liked it. And I remembered these guys from previous editions where they did have a dedicated stat block and some lore. So I did a bit of of digging here. Again, this is from Rise of Tiamat. And it's in the same white dragon lair, only they have aquatic trolls and ice trolls. So that was a little strange for me. But they say that, I'm going to quote it directly. The corner of the cavern is home to two scrags. Now, scrag, this is the only time that I could find reference to the word scrag, which is what aquatic trolls are called in previous editions. They're just called scrags. They're all heroin and... No, skag. Skag. (laughs) So it's a little different. They say it in Scotland a lot. So the way that it works is they are just like regular trolls that run of the mill CR5 trolls, except they can breathe underwater and they have a swim speed of 30 feet. They are also a little cowardly in this module themselves, and for no discernible reason except the fact that I think that at this point the party is supposed to be higher than level 5. So they know they're outmatched, which is why I'm sitting here thinking trolls will be able to tell when they're outclassed in a fight. Right? Just even the no-name bullshit trolls that are thrown in there can figure that out relatively easily. So, Scrags are also known as marine trolls, and they come into variations. There's freshwater, uh, and there's saltwater trolls. The freshwater ones can also be called river trolls and hools, but they have gills, 
and they regenerate, but only if they are submerged in their own kind of water. So saltwater trolls and saltwater, freshwater trolls and freshwater. Saltwater scrags can breathe freshwater, but it doesn't work the other way around. Now, they all have blue to green um, to olive kind of skin tones. This is, in theory, to be able to camouflage with the water and the aquatic nature of where they're hiding. Um, some are smart enough to fashion armor out of coral, too, to help them blend in and to give them an extra boost. But they do just naturally have thick scales and enlarged lower jaws. And, and so they have a little bit of a tankier role than a normal troll does. So they, in theory, have a higher CR, although these ones don't naturally. That wasn't a boost that Rise of Tiamat gave them. But as we've spoken about time and time and time again, when you put water in the scenario, this shit gets harder. Mm. So most freshwater scrags are smaller than your average troll, but saltwater scrags are bigger and they're both more vicious. They've got a nasty bite, but their claws aren't quite as formidable as your regular troll. So if you wanted to design these things up, make their bite a little bit more deadly and their claws a little bit less deadly. Um, they're still vulnerable to fire and acid like a regular troll, but in the lore, they're Lokatha. Are you guys familiar with Lokatha? Vaguely. They're the fishiest fish people that ever fished. Oh, the, okay. Like They are essentially sentient fish with the bodies almost of like seals. Right, okay. so they're really, really aquatic, and they don't move quickly on land. They need to be constantly wet in order to survive and stuff. Um, so they discovered that a special kind of fast-growing coral called star coral could halt the, regener the regeneration of scrags, especially when the limbs are removed and the wounds are stuffed with star coral, which I thought was oddly specific and yeah. then made me think about shoving embers into regular troll wounds to stop them from regenerating yeah that makes sense yeah i just, it's still i don't know this all kind of bugs me this saltwater versus freshwater troll like seems an unnecessary distinction well i'm in, not using it yeah. in previous editions trolls had a much bigger role don't want to rhyme it but there we go um they had a, a bigger place in the D D lore almost like um like ogres seem to have in 5th edition where there's just, there's ogres just littered throughout every fucking adventure for no reason. Mm. And uh, weirdly frost giants everywhere, even in the jungle and shit, just cuz in 5th edition. We get that with trolls in previous editions. So we actually get troll societies. Mm. And we know that there are different hierarchies and whatnot within them. And they are organized. The, the um, aquatic trolls have matriarchal societies that are usually led by a female chieftain with basic magical abilities as well. So these are trolls that can cast spells. So you can get the idea that you like at face value, yeah, man, we have rot, we have venom, we have spirit, we have dire, we have ice. We don't need this shit. But back then, previous editions, which means technically in the Forgotten Realms, earlier in history, like 200 years ago, there were lots of trolls, and they were everywhere, and they had societies, which means these societies have broken down since, and that's kind of the reason why they're as barbaric and as weirdly um, varied as they are, because there's really no rhyme or reason until you start to look at the variations and different kinds of gnolls and kobolds and goblins, and trolls were like that too once. 
we just don't see that anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and their society's kind of degenerated over time, which is kind of funny when you think about it because they're fucking trolls. But the salt water versus fresh water actually fucking mattered when you were dealing with things like the plane of water. Mm-hmm. Which we don't have in 5th edition. They mention it, but who gives a shit? Yeah. It's way the fuck over there make it up yourself, right? Like, because we don't have the lore to support them or their environments, it's not a big deal. But I would absolutely lean into Aquatic Trolls just to make it unique and different and throw your experienced players for a bit of a loop. Okay. Do you guys have any thoughts about them? Yeah, I just... It's just seems like more, it seems like more work. <laughs> That's what it seems. Well, like. it it really is to yeah. the point where they said, "Hey, don't do the work. Just let them breathe underwater." Yeah, yeah. And have a swim speed of thirty feet, mm. and that's what Fifth Ed gave us because they they didn't bother to put the work in. Mm. Yeah, it's good to have them on deck, but I'm not mega excited to use them, and I think it's because. I'm much more excited by the other trolls that we've uh, discussed so yeah. far. I would just give these ones breathing and a swim speed. And then just, I don't know. I, well, that's what they do with the regular troll, right? Yeah. The, the, this is going to be interesting to be able to use in a pirate campaign. Yeah. yeah Ghosts okay. of Salt Marsh that spirals out on a side quest. Here you go, river troll, mm. right? Scrags. And you can use the word scrag or hool. And your guys aren't going to know what they're up against. Even if you describe it, they're not going to immediately know that this is fire or acid. Right, yeah, right. right. Yeah. So that's okay. the other bonus that I would have for this Yeah, that well. is good, yeah. All right, yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Then I will do the aquatic troll. Aquatic? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Dan. With your made-up words. It's going to fuck me up, man. Because <laughs> no, now I'm going to say aquatic. <laughs> Aquatic? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. You put your white guy voice yeah. in there. I have nothing but a white guy voice. All right. Uh... Blake. <laughs> <laughs> I also didn't know what to do with that one. No, yeah. And aquatic. Yeah. It feels like it was becoming more and more like a summer comedy American Pie type movie trailer all the way through like <laughs> hold on to your britches yeah. cause this summer Rob, it's Rob Schneider yeah. 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 Rob Schneider just discovered that he is a troll <laughs> I always feel like a sports analyst when we do the battle tactics and the headphones on the mic on if I'm running, I'm running defense, and I'm running circles back. Okay, I gotta uh, crash the net. Yeah. And I'm gonna be that old retired football player, just <laughs> just completely out of touch. Yeah. Maybe we can get Don Cherry in here. Well, so. The thing about the defense is, you need to have a defense to be able to defend properly with the the fucking ball. He's not wrong, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I'd nailed it. You did. I'm yeah. very impressed. Because I never read this before yeah. we came in. Yeah, there That's actually so, the same. You never read that before you came in? No, I mean, I've read it before, but I didn't read yeah. it before this episode because it's always the same. Oh, okay. It's hilarious. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye.